everybody. Welcome to the Almost Good Podcast, the podcast where me, J. David Osborne, I got no air conditioner, and him, David James Keaton, I've hit rock bottom, talk about movies and <laughs> shit. Dave, how on earth have has a has a stable genius like yourself hit rock bottom? Oh, I don't know. Today, today was a little weird. Today was a little okay. wacky. Um, Amy got harassed by some mental health patient or something running amok Yikes. Yikes. on campus. And, you know, I just have I have no luck getting any kind of uh, satisfying resolution to those things. She came in from she was walking the baby with a stroller and there's some guy. Some guy was in the, you probably had this happen, too, where people will be walking next to you and they're saying things to you, but you think that they're also on the phone. So you're not sure. Yep, sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So I guess this guy was saying all sorts of shit to her, but she thought he was on a Bluetooth or something. And then she finally looked up and he said, yeah, I'm talking to you. And, oh, fuck. Jesus. And then uh, he said, she said to her friend, she was on the phone. She's like, did you hear that? And he was like, yeah, tell, tell your husband fucking dyke, which is uh, confusing. Jesus Christ. And he's like, go back over by the fire department fucking dyke fuck you so saying all this shit so um so she came back in understandably rattled from the uh from the encounter and um you know she went around the block so that this person didn't see where she lived because it was right up here by campus Mm -hmm. and we're in this kind of bermuda triangle of uh homeless um people there's uh Mm -hmm. i mean you were you you visited, so the yeah. bus stop, bus stop's like a block away, and the right. uh, the firehouse is behind us. And then by the firehouse, there seems to be a soup kitchen or something. Okay. And then and then there's a Seven Eleven, and then um, so I guess it's the Bermuda rectangle because then there's also the Safeway, which is turned into Thunderdome. The shit that's going on, everybody's mm-hmm. just lingering around the Safeway because it's the one open place. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So um, she told me the story, you know, and I, I was just listening to it, you know, lending an ear. And then when the story was over, I immediately went out to try to execute a homeless person. (laughs) And um, I've never been able to, I've never been able to find the person. She was describing him to the campus security. So I had a pretty good uh, description to go on, Mm -hmm. but I couldn't find him. Um, I found uh, a lot of people out, um, just, you know, going about their business. And I, there was a, um, and I went to the Safeway. I did the four corners of the, of the rectangle. And at the Safeway, I saw, um, she said he had a billowy white shirt, which I later found out was a button down, not a, not a, just a t-shirt. And I saw a guy with a big white t-shirt and he pulled up his shirt up over his mouth to go into Safeway. And I said, that looks like a, the move a shit bag would do. Mm-hmm. That's gotta be mm-hmm. a, um, sure. But I couldn't get into the parking lot because there were four cop cars and a motorcycle cop and an ambulance and stretchers and a fucking fire truck just all blocking the parking lot of Safeway. Oh, it had, that had to be your guy. I don't know because he that was a different guy. But maybe he started some, something over there, too. I don't know. So I it took me forever to get out of that parking lot because of whatever was going on. They were wheeling a stretcher up there. And I just came home just kind of rattled like... Like man, I mean, it sounds kind of kind of lame, you know. The the plague didn't hit home until 
Dave couldn't execute the homeless. <laughs> right, but I, right. But right, like I, yeah. I thought I was going, I, you know, I thought I was going after uh, uh, somebody who was, you know, I thought it was an easy mission. And instead it's like, oh yeah, we're, we're at war. <laughs> you can't, yeah, you can't go yeah, anywhere. No. I, I can't go places. So that's I'm, also, I'm that's such that. a West Coast story, dude. When I lived in Portland, I was standing outside of a, uh, a bar because Rios was doing a reading and I was outside smoking a cigarette and this guy walked by doing like, uh, like Amy's guy was doing, right? Like just sort of talking to himself and muttering. He had, uh, I remember very distinctly he had M&M hair, right? Like the, the white platinum blonde. And anyway, so then he like, he, in front of me, he falls down and he starts to bash his head on the sidewalk until it's pretty bloody. And I'm like, Oh God. This is fucking weird. And then he looks up at me and makes eye contact and he goes, you. And I was like, oh, fuck. So he comes after me and he's like in my face. I'm like, oh, my God, blood, you know, all this kind of shit. And then the bouncer comes between us and just tosses this guy in the middle of the road. And he stands up and he goes, bullies, you're all bullies. And then the bouncer says, uh, well, yeah, dude, that's what they pay me for. Um so that would happen in Portland, though, all the time. In the apartment that I lived in, there was a guy who lived, there was sort of like when I walked into my backyard, there was sort of this like, would you call it a copse of trees, like a light. Uh, yeah, I remember you telling me about this guy. Yeah. He, had a screwdri- he had a screwdriver? Yeah, 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 yeah. The screw, yeah. I'm, yeah. Um, so he lived on the other side, right? And... Uh, Wait, no, the screwdriver guy was a different guy. Gosh, there's so many of these motherfuckers. But no, uh, so this guy just lived kind of behind me, behind some trees in in an apartment. And I guess he had been an athlete. And his son or whatever uh, just couldn't couldn't take care of him anymore because he was schizo and just like he was driving everybody up the wall, I guess. So his son finally had had enough and left. And the unfortunate thing that happens when you have people who won't take their meds is that they start to like lose their home. So this guy would be in my backyard essentially. And he would be like playing football with himself, like throwing the football and running after it. And he would, at night he would do these really exaggerated like hoots and, and like Joker laughs and shit. Um, and like, like a horror movie basically. And, uh, so one time I was walking out to, to check my mail and this guy comes walking up and he like, he's got his fists balled up and um, he like coming right at me. I'm like, Oh fuck. And he comes and he stops like right next to me. He's standing there. He's breathing all heavy. Like <sighs> and I was like, Hey man, you all right? He's like, they turned my fucking power off. And then he, you know, just kept walking on his way. But if there was one thing that I really did not care for living on the, on the West coast was the, preponderance of violent homeless people i don't mind homeless people in general it's when they get that like that rage virus in them that's when they get really fucking scary because you're just like 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 they just want to hurt somebody right he needed his he needed his actual power turned off right like he needed to to power down you've seen those videos where those guys just sort of charge up they just seem like they're gaining strength (laughs) And yeah, powering yeah. up and before some kind of you know Tasmanian devil sure. goes on, but, but yeah, like there's a um, 
I mean, yeah, the, the, the plight of the homeless is, is bad news. We, under, we understand that. We're talking about a certain variety. Subset, yeah. Yeah, and it's that, that way that they sort of make you part of their internal dialogue. I've had that happen a few times where people would be, they're ranting, and it, it's clearly their own rant, and then suddenly you're starring in it, and you didn't realize that you were starring in it. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. like you'll, you'll catch a description or something that's like, are they talking to me? Am I part of this now? And you are part of it, and you're more a part of it as soon as you know you get on that that wavelength. And it sounded like Amy was trying to stay off that wavelength, but I guess nothing was working because she started to walk away. And he, he said something like, uh, "Yeah, you know, just yeah, don't just walk faster. Act like you're scared now." It's like, what are you supposed to do? Mm-hmm, <laughs> and, mm-hmm. You know, what is the correct response to this crazy fucker? Um, to shoot them in the face. Yeah, that's the thing is, uh, I see, this is, I hesitate to say this, but there's there's a lot of construction going on around me right now. Construction has ramped back up. It's That's the one thing that's apparently essential around us, because besides Safeway, 7-Eleven, and construction. And, mm-hmm. there's, and there's kind of a hierarchy of construction worker, you know? There's, this happened last time when the, the buildings started ramping up. There's they there's the level of expertise of the first people and then there's there seems to be you know, kind of engineers running around and those guys are kind of assholes and they're mm-hmm. kind of they're they're wearing suits and hard hats and then another crew comes in and they're kind of like chefs they got tattoos but they seem like they're all having conversations they're eating lunch together then eventually the final group comes in and these guys are from another planet I don't know if they, and this guy, I, Amy doesn't believe that this is one of them. You know, there, there's some mental health cases. There's some day workers. There's some, um, you know, I don't put it past any of these construction sites. Pull 10 dudes out from in front of the Home Depot and say, you want to work for the day? And who knows what you're going to catch when you throw that net out. And there's been some guys storming off the site. And I think it's that other level of level of worker where it doesn't matter if you get fired it doesn't matter if you fuck with the locals you know when you're walking by a construction site it's like a cliche that the construction workers will fuck with people right yeah um i'm whistling at people it's 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 in cards and bugs bunny cartoons and that's because there's a i think there's a certain uh don't give a shit attitude of the worst paid ones you know Mm -hmm. the ones Mm -hmm. with no benefits the ones with no stability um, anyway, my theory is that there's just, when I was looking around, well, I went to the bus stop too, and I saw a steady stream of guys going onto the train, the construction guys. And I thought, yeah, I bet he's one of these construction guys. Cause the path he took was directly from a construction site to the bus. That's what I should say is the campus security got back to her and said, they got him on video, um, like up in her face and then leaving. And they said he went to the bus stop. So mm-hmm. I went to the, um, so the bus stop. Had uh, had a bunch of construction guys getting on the train. Maybe, you know, maybe he got fired today. I don't know. Um, anyway, but he might be. Um, uh, he might actually be schizophrenic. Those are the things right. that I can't. I can't. I can't evaluate all these things when um, I'm trying to make it not happen again by you know rolling up <laughs> on somebody quickly, tying them up with Christmas tree lights, bring them back to the house into the crawl space, and right. then and right. then be, and then begin. 
and then start removing fingernails. Yeah, I know, I know. I got no, I'm not going to do any of those things. I'm not going to do any. But of those no, things. it it brings but up that's a really important I've never point. I've had the chance. I've never gotten to that final step. I've never. It's never. I never find them. And what would I do yeah. if I found one? I wouldn't know. I'd be the dog that caught the mail truck. I wouldn't know what to do. I mean, you could just kick his ass. Wow. I don't right? know, can I, I don't, can I even fight anymore? I'm 102 years old. It's a good but point. He, he, he punches me once and I just turn into a pile of Legos. It's possible. It's possible. But you're bringing up a really important point, I think, overall, which well, is... That was, uh, that was accidental. That was accidental. Well, Go ahead. It's fine if it's accidental. Everything we do on this show is accidental. Um, but it makes me think of the arguments around, you know, homeless people and schizophrenia. They're, when people have really good hearts, um, they come at these things from a real, you know, kind of sweet and sort of helpful angle. But there's always this thing in the back of my mind that wonders how often they have encountered these kind of like these goblins on the street you know what i mean and and that's kind of what i think like separates some people it takes i mean portland to be completely just honest is especially when i worked um kind of downtown as a concierge right i just Mm. saw it was like the scene in jacob's ladder where he's getting wheeled through the hospital and he's catching (laughs) glimpses of you know eyeless people jabbering and little armless monkeys kind of like jumping around um that's what the streets of portland are like at night in, in the downtown area yeah, and in the west coast i'm not used to it dude you i think you might be more used to it than me you've been out here longer but uh you know we didn't have that in ohio so i'm, a, I'm going through an adjustment period you know, well maybe i maybe i will get kinder and gentler towards the raging homeless that want to you know threaten to kill us sometimes i don't know if it's going to happen i don't know if there's i gotta do i have enough time left on this earth to no. get compassionate towards people that threaten me i don't think it's gonna no, happen i don't but. think so either and i think that ohio is a lot like oklahoma and i think that the difference is is that in the middle of the country where things are more affordable you can have a steady meth habit be schizophrenic and still afford your rent because I'm so not the, kidding, dude. In in some areas of Oklahoma City, I know for a fact you can get rent for like 200 bucks, and that's if you're not on like the government, the, the like the Section Eight type housing. Right. Um, but Oklahoma's See, population is so small, and there's so much yeah. stuff there. They can actually live in these. I've delivered furniture to these awful neighborhoods, and so the difference is, yeah, that. They have like schizophrenic drug addicts in Oklahoma, the same I know they do in Ohio, but they have homes. Um, so the, the American dream is alive and well in the Rust Belt and, and in the Bible Belt. Yes. You Just can, in the West, it dies on the West Coast. <laughs> you, can, you can inject meth between your toes, speak to an angel, and, you know, and still have a place to lay your head. You know? um, I told you but, the first time I, I came out here, I went to the, went to the record store. And uh, I think I might have already told you this. And there was a guy and he was, I passed by this homeless guy and he was doing that thing where I, and I is he talking to me? Is he yelling at me? I can't tell. And then he, he kind of straightens like a board when I walk by and just his head just kind of turns slowly and watches me go. And I thought this guy looks like he's ready to jump. And then when I got past, I turned around and looked and he was boxing the space where I had just inhabited. He was just like beating yeah. up my my like 
you know, Peter Pan shadow that had followed a little slowly yeah. behind me. He just started like kicking my, my, the, he was the, kicking the your soul's ass. Me. Yeah. He was kicking my soul's ass. <laughs> I thought this is a next level situation out here. Um, yeah. That was like right when I got here. So. Well, and you know, you would hope that the mental health situation would be better, but it's not. And it's reasonable to have a little healthy disdain for people who are closer to, uh, Jesus, I was about to say closer to animals. That's not very nice, but no, it's not. But there, but we but, did. But, but, we you, did make... but you know what? I, you know what I'm trying to say. Like I'm not trying to be nasty. I'm just. Trying well, to we say, were actually like... more sympathetic. No, we, the animal thing actually makes more sense on a sympathetic level. Last time we were talking about it because there's they're hungry right now. There's yeah, just yeah. like the you know the seagulls are coming into the they're they're, they're being sighted in the closer to the cities and or the the monkeys in India. You seen like the baboon yeah, on the street? Yeah, so. The you know the 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 earth is healing and the, and the homeless are in, are in our garbage cans. Yeah, the the, the earth is healing and uh, and baboons are tearing each other's balls off for a bag of Cheetos. <laughs> but honestly, if you they, there probably is kind of a gauntlet where you look for people to get a handout from or to look for food, look for somebody yeah. dropping off food that they've eaten, and there's none of that out there. So sure, you know. So I feel are... for him, man. I feel for him. I do. I just, I just, I, I fear, I feel for them and also uh, just keep my distance. That's my thing. And this has been Homeless Corner. Homeless two, Corner. To two privileged assholes. Try not to be homeless. It's very, very sad. <laughs> and if you yell at a woman on the street, you'll make Dave very mad. Try not to be homeless. <laughs> Try not to be sad. <laughs> <laughs> oh man uh, anyhow anyhow yeah. um, so you so watched anyway, Extraction eh I did I did and I loved it I loved the shit out of it what a ridiculous but at the same time not self conscious movie um, I loved a lot of what it did um, yeah, yeah. and I just kind of I, okay, so I actually watched two movies. This is a rarity for me, but I watched Extraction, and then the following night I watched Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, oh, yeah, that's a that's a good one. So is I had a two, one, I had a two for is, action thing. I, I have a hard time keeping them straight. Is Fallout the one where he skydives in it? Helicopter, yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, where he gets hit by lightning in the in the skydiving scene. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Those are our new James Bond movies. A hundred percent. They're they're great, and they make. They make almost no sense from a. All you have to do is just have shifting loyalties in these movies, oh, and it doesn't been, even yeah. have to make sense. It's like Mission Impossible is basically like, well, when Henry Cavill walked on, I was like, that's the bad guy right there, and I, of course, I was right. It doesn't make me a fucking genius to figure it out. It's because that's the way the movie has to go. But I will tell you one thing. I don't want to jump around too much. Um, I was watching Mission Impossible Fallout, and. Uh, there's a scene where they have this kind of a shootout and there's like double crossings. And it's when you finally find out that, you know, Henry Cavill's the, is the big bad of the movie. Um, and I checked the timestamp on the movie and that was only an hour and a half through it. And I still had an hour to go. And I had this moment where I was like, what the fuck is this movie going to do for an hour? But you know, credit where it's due. Yeah. It, it, it kept it up. You know, he's a, and he was a decent bad guy. I think he's cast well as a because he's got he's got a imposing physical presence. Oh, yeah, that dude. And uh, 
Yeah, oh, wait a minute. I got to turn off the... Um, for some reason, Amy has been taking naps or something. She's got this alarm that goes off every day. You hear this shit? Mm-hmm. Hold on. It may go off again. I don't know. That's cool. Um, that probably yeah, just woke crazy. up everybody who's listening to this podcast. So, hey, everybody. <laughs> I hope you fell asleep somewhere halfway through Homeless Corner. We're back and we're talking about Mission <laughs> <We're> Impossible. <laughs> um, what the fuck was I going to say? Oh, the uh, it's crazy that these behemoths, these giant movies are done by the, the little uh, Usual Suspects guy. The writer of Usual yeah. Suspects. Is yeah, yeah, yeah. Somehow his, he got on Tom Cruise's radar and he's you know they, they have a pact he's gonna try to kill him he's like Kato attacking <laughs> attacking uh, the pink panther the fucking Clouseau every night he's like yeah uh, can you just try to kill me in every movie and and we'll you know make a career out of it and he can't but, kill wow. him but it was it was fantastic though I mean like these the stunts in these movies are just amazing yeah, yeah, you he's know actually hanging off that helicopter and yeah. he might be flying it I don't know is that yeah, the one right. Break, and he breaks his foot too when he jumps, is, or was that a previous movie? No, I think that one did not occur in this movie. Um, in this movie, it had some crazy helicopter chase that ended in. It was just, you know, these movies know what they are. While Extraction and Mission Impossible are, are two kind of different beasts, I like them because they know exactly what the fuck they are, and they make no pretense, especially in in the in terms of a. Uh, extraction you know there's literally a scene where they need to do character development and uh for those of you who haven't seen it the movie is uh follows chris hemsworth who's sort of this black ops assassin extractor type dude you know jack of all trades guy um can you hear me okay yeah i was um i was just gonna say we're talking about extraction now just to be clear yes 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 right Um, so so he basically uh is tasked with saving the son of a Bangladeshi drug lord uh, whose whose son has been kidnapped by a rival drug lord. Um, and when he finally gets to him, obviously there are competing interests that, that want the, the boy dead and blah, blah, blah. And so, you know, he kind of goes against his, his orders and decides to, to save the kid against all odds, which leads to, you know, a body count that's, that's pretty huge. Um, which I was thinking about this. Can I, can I, it's going to take me about two minutes to get through this, but it's something that happened in mission impossible as well that I've been thinking about. Right. Okay. Okay, So both of these movies have as their protagonist, essentially the bad guy. So Tom Cruise, he's in the IMF, right? Doesn't exist. It's basically the CIA, like the deep ops. Um, and Chris Hemsworth is in, he's, he's basically works for Blackwater or some kind of organization like this. Right. Like these guys, these guys are the actual bad guys in American foreign policy. And in both of these movies, the way that uh, this is kind of circumvented is by having it so that they're willing to murder dozens of people to save one quote-unquote innocent life. And putting aside the fact that that's not how that works in real life at all. It doesn't matter. It's movies. It matters what the movie is saying psychologically to the people who watch them. And I can't help but think that what these types of movies are doing is implanting this idea in, in the um, mind of the American people. It's like, you know, Hey, who cares if they had to kill a million Iraqis, 
if just one innocent American is saved, right? Yeah, um, and what's weird is he's he's mowing down the local police force too. If, if yeah, I, he is. That's what I what I was seeing because I, I was thinking, are they going to hint that they're all corrupt? Because I don't think they they can do that. They seem like regular guys mm-hmm. and were just on the beat that day. The only people he spares are some street urchins that he spanks or something, and of course that bites him in the ass later. Right. Uh, but yeah, that's that, that's the only time he shows any mercy with the collateral damage. Um, yeah, he, he pretty much just, it's kind of like Bad Boys 2 when they roll through the shanty town in their Hummers. They just right. leave the place a wreck, and it's not treated as if they've destroyed any actual human beings. Right, and to put this in real-world context, not to be too much of a bummer, but the day after I watched this movie, I watched a UN documentary about Kashmir, right? Yeah. Like, not Kashmir, uh where is this, does this take place in Bangladesh? Is it Kashmir? I don't know. My geography is horrible. Anyhow, it was the exact same city that extraction took place in. And they're looking at the poor of the city and they're talking about, you know, obviously how the fallout from the coronavirus and supply chains getting interrupted is that people are starving in the city. And it was just this kind of moment of like, oh shit, you know, like I just, I just got done enjoying this action film where, you know, handsome Chris Hemsworth fucking steamrolls through this village. <laughs> and it's like, I don't, I don't know if I want to get too much into like the ethics of enjoying these kind of things, but at this, cause I think we've talked that a lot, but it does kind of make you sort of think, right? Yeah. I like, I, I have a response to that. Cause it's, it's go, it kind of touches on something I've been thinking about, which is um, I think that there is some sort of uh, ethical quandary going on that makes it interesting because i think it's whether we supply it or not i look at that movie and i think huh this movie's kind of irresponsible and i start to enjoy it a little bit more i start to Mm. think this Mm -hmm. movie is probably doing something dangerous as far as its treatment of human life and the way it's casually depicting the locals and it's also very brightly lit so it feels kind of it's more alarming in that way and it starts to make me think like is this why I can't get into the John Wick movies, which has removed all of that responsibility because it's there. It's like uh, it's a video game. It's it takes place in this murky hotel with the these that everybody is a is like a computer game avatar. There's no real there's no real world implications at all. So I don't feel like I think I'm missing any sort of connection with the John Wick movies because it just feels like an exercise in and stunts and fighting where this one has the same thing in it, but there's that, just that touch of irresponsibility and that touch of realism that makes me think it's, that, that makes me engage. Like, I, I swear to you, I can't pay attention to John Wick and I don't understand it because everybody keeps telling me I love it. I like the first one. Okay. I guess by the time I got to the third one, I just look at the screen and think, why is the world purple and green and why are it? And we've talked about it, you know, but the idea of mowing down all these people and they never give him any real trouble. And then he mows down more people and then they move in another direction. Whereas with extraction sort of does the same thing, but for some reason I'm engaged with that. And I think maybe it's the level of damage he's in, he's getting the idea that he's killing innocent people. There's something about it. Ironically, whatever makes it a little more gross made me wake up and made me pay attention. I felt like it was a little more unhinged or something. I don't know. I like that. You can explain it. I like that. 
Yeah, I feel like what you're saying about the movie is that it's the word that I would use is more fraught. So the movie itself is it's there's something compelling when we watch a movie that is is presenting something that is sort of ugly and action movies kind of need that in a way. Now, while I disagree with you about John Wick cuz I think I might be a little of an easier sell on good action choreography, um I get what you mean 100% about something like Extraction where it's not just that there's damage being done to his environment and it feels like a real a real world for lack of a better term but there's also damage like real damage being inflicted on him where you get the like John Wick can fall off of a building and just kind of be like oh and then like crawl down a vent and he's okay um right this plus people made a point real quick somebody made this point too about Keanu Reeves kind of hovers above it all because he's so I didn't. This wasn't my idea, but somebody said because of his saint-like, memeable status, you know, mm, he's in all mm-hmm. these. Everybody loves the guy. That mm-hmm. that somehow makes it okay to enjoy these savage movies, you know? Because holy shit, that's really interesting. Isn't yeah. that interesting? Because people are like John Wick's awesome, but then I think it has. It's connected to this the cutesy internet stuff, and if it didn't mm. have that cutesy internet connection. I think that that's a really good point that it it probably would be, you know, not palatable to the masses. Yeah. The masses like yeah. it because it's got old, it's got Ted in it. He's the yeah. adorable. It's not really doing any damage. But they and he's also he's also taking revenge for his dog, you know. It's based on right. this kind of absurd but, concept and this that he's, he's, that he's taking funny. down an international, you know, cabal of assassins and it all starts because somebody killed his dog. Like that's that's the conceit, and I love that conceit, but it's inherently. They tried to do it in this one, though. When you couldn't you argue that they try they they picked Thor, who's you know everybody yeah. thinks he's so adorable and cute, and he's rescuing a, a goddamn child. Like right. it's it's hitting the beats. It's hitting those same beats. The, the, the problem reason, might be that is... like I think Hemsworth. I, I well, I think Hemsworth is. I mean, obviously, he's a better actor than Keanu Reeves. Most people are, um, but I think he kind of like. I think he. It's not that Keanu Reeves doesn't take John Wick seriously because he he trains and he knows how to handle those guns and those stunts and everything, but Hemsworth seems to. I don't know. He like he actually he just seems to take it seriously, you know. And like, that's another to... thing that I would say. Even though Keanu Reeves is a worse actor, he's a he's a better athlete or something. He's mm-hmm. he's more. He, he seems to be selling the uh, physicality mm-hmm. better. Mm-hmm. But for mm-hmm. some reason, Extraction feels to me like an infinitely more physical movie. Well, it, and I think it's a like scene, a, like okay. A so there's a scene in the there's a scene in the in the street where he's fighting that other. The bad guy who turns out to be like kind of a good guy, the the Indian yeah, actor, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the double crossing um, guy who gets hit by a car. <laughs> yeah, well, they both get hit by a car, which is a, yeah. which is amazing. There's a double car hit, but when I was watching that, that was the first time I've seen because you know you watch John Wick and it's a bunch of these like really live, um, you know, kind of almost ballet dancers, and that fight in the street, it looked like two buff dudes like beating the shit out of each other, and you know I'm nothing if not a you know a bro. So when I was watching that, I was just like, I was completely engaged because you start to think like, it's not a matter of who's the most graceful and balletic, right. it's who's, who's the fucking bigger meathead who's going to pound the shit out of the other guy. Which is you why know? it makes, which is why when you explained it, I said to you, I texted you while I was watching and I said, why is the uh, drunken sheriff from Stranger Things beating Thor's ass all of a sudden? And you're like, well, he is the bigger guy. And I mm-hmm. thought, well, that actually makes sense because yeah. that's 
you don't want to get into a fight with a guy who outweighs you by 50 pounds and it doesn't matter who you are. Right. You're, exactly. He, as soon as he gets a hold of you, you're in trouble. And so that, that's what movies forget, man. And I'm glad that this one went back to it. It's that you can't realistically, I think now that we have things like MMA and folks are beginning to understand that, you know, weight classes are a matter of 10 pounds and it's literally considered unfair to have, you know, a fighter that's, that's 10 pounds heavier than another fighter. Um, you can't like have these movies where some big doofus comes out and, you know, Jet Li just fucks him up because it's just once that guy gets his hands around Jet Li's head, he's going to pop it like a melon. And uh, this movie really understood that, you know, I think that it's. Uh, and there was a I, lot of a, uh, there was a lot of accumulating damage too, like the uh, like the double crossing guy that kind of works with him at the end mm-hmm. His he goes down hard. Like his death is, it's kind of like uh, what happens to Hemsworth in a way. Mm -hmm. Um, They, they both just kind of get whittled down to nothing in this. And then they get jacked. Yeah. Um, And so that was, so that was fun. Um, Yeah. We should probably talk about the source material because I, uh, I did not uh, know there was source material for this. I I saw that there was um, some of our writer friends were saying, uh, hey, uh, a, a win for so-and-so. His, his, uh, his oh, book finally got made into a movie. Okay. And um, I thought, what would this even look like as a book? It would be, okay. three, yeah. it would be three pages. You know what I, I know. mean? I know. And just before you continue, I do want to say just as a kind of cap on the movie, that's one of the things I liked the most about it was how sort of economical it was. You know, it just it did what it had to do so that it could get to the action scenes. And the action scenes were pretty pretty lengthy and and most of the movie so it didn't need to do a lot of you know of the of the kind of sinewy stitching together but i thought that did it really well but i didn't mean to throw you off track because i do want to hear about this uh no about i'm this not book. i'm i'm in no means uh done talking about the movie i just i when i looked at, at the oh, okay. source material i just wanted to see like what where did it come from what was it and um i guess it's uh it's one of the noir at the bar reader guys apparently oh cool um uh, what's his what's his name andy parks um i've never for, for our listeners that don't know us we've we read at this noir at the bar reading series on occasion i've never um seen him read or read with him i don't think uh, but I've, I've read it quite a few of them but this i'm assuming jed Ayers and uh st louis adam read but anyway i guess the book has been around for decades and it's a and it's a, a graphic novel it's a comic book so suddenly oh. it makes sense Suddenly, it yeah, makes sense right, that, right, yeah. You know, it was like a storyboard. It was an action storyboard. So, yeah, you know, it's the the source material probably um, as a, a movie adaptation. It, it it makes a lot more sense because I was trying to think of is there a series starring this um, mute goon? <laughs> right. <laughs> <You know>? right. <laughs> but I gotta say though, yeah. dude, I love I love mute goons. Bring back the bring back the buff mute goons who suddenly develop a conscience on an otherwise heartless mission. I'm here for that. Yeah. I'm here for that as a framework. And well, this movie did it so well. It's like I, I might have brought this up. Sorry if I did already, but you know there is this. There's a scene where we have to figure out who this guy is as a character. So he's sort of tucking this boy into bed, and this kid is like. Rios and I were watching it together and Rios was like this kid's getting really personal with him like really fast because the kid's just going like like why are you sad and he's telling him he's like I had a son and then the guy's like what happened to the son and he's, <laughs> the, he kid's probably, the, the kid's probably like these these fucking mercenaries have a life expectancy of a mayfly I gotta hurry up and get to know him 
Yeah. Because right? I like how he, he took a he took a break from his killing. He found this kind of shack in a warehouse mm-hmm. to sit down and, and, and catch some Z's and change his shirt. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I like sequences like that. So he probably knew, like, this guy's going to be dead in an hour. So maybe I had to bring some of this shit up. I should say, um, I think you liked it more than I did. But not, mm-hmm. not a, there, there isn't the discrepancy like with uh, with John Wick. But um, I did have some issues. I think, uh, and it's not the thing, I know a lot has been said about, you know, a guy named Rake who kills someone with a rake. Um there's, oh, that's right. I didn't even. I went that went over my head. Yeah. Well, I think it just it should be noted that he actually kills two people with the rake. So, <laughs> and but I, and I think when people say that, when people are, uh, you know, they're they're enticing others to watch it. They're like, "There's a guy named Rake, and he kills a fucking dude with a rake." I think that's false advertising. I think that mm-hmm. sounds like a different movie. You know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Um, also, as uh, as my buddy Sal pointed out. He said, why does someone who lives in an apartment building have a rake anyway? Because <laughs> he goes, do you remember? He goes up into this apartment. And That's they, true. Yeah. And then yeah. finds this this rake that he can do all these murderous things with. Like, what are they doing with the rake? Um, yeah. Maybe they're raking money. I don't know. That's but right. The, um, but my gripes are pretty minor. I think that I, there's, as far as the kind of movie it is, it's tough when he goes up against stuff like the raid or the night comes for us and those those kind of you know what i mean like it's mm-hmm. it's not quite those but it it's the american version and i guess i'm and it's the and it's the netflix version as a as a netflix movie this is pretty good this is about as right. good as you're gonna get on netflix because netflix is notoriously bad the movies that are made for netflix this is about as good as you can get i think that it's a, a lot of effort was put into it and a lot of timing went into making sure this landed when we we're all stuck at home I told. I think I said sent you a message that Netflix is already rolling out the fake statistics, saying a uh, hundred million people watched this the first couple weeks, which makes it again the most. What it would be the most watched thing in the history of cinema, um, but again, of course, no one can prove this. These numbers are they're pulling them out of their ass. I can't yeah. believe people think that that's okay. That you can somehow just report your own box office and no one can check the math. I mean, they, yeah, it's right. so ridiculous. So they're, this is the one that they're trotting out to say that it's their new, um, their new massive hit. And what's different though, with, uh, they did this with bird box and they did it with, um, tiger King. Uh, you know, they come up with these, these, uh, quote grassroots challenges around them. Um, and there's a lot of, uh, online people want to talk about it. People want to get in on the, on the viral jokes and shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny with this one because I've been following the Netflix Twitter feed to see what they do with it, and they can't do anything with it. They can't come up with any cute – unless it's going to be a, like, you know, the rake challenge. I don't know what – you bring yeah. somebody with a rake. It's a very grim movie to try to be cute with. Like, Tiger King's grim, too, but they found a way to be cute with it. And uh, also, all the responses to the Netflix uh, attempts to get the, the you know, the, the – online train rolling um people also didn't like it so mm-hmm. you know that's the beauty of netflix is you all you have to do is watch the first five minutes and you're a, apparently a, you've viewed this movie um all these people on the th- on these threads are saying fuck that movie i turned it off after blank or what that movie was it even a movie so even though it's an american attempt to do the raid i don't think americans want 
the raid or something. Hmm. And this movie was uh, released worldwide. Um, and it's just not, it's not getting that kind of buzz that even hmm. and they're not, they're not for lack of trying. They're really yeah, putting right. the fucking train behind it. Um, and I was trying to figure out if you have any theories, you know, why, why doesn't this, you think that people will be all over this and Netflix is telling you that you're all over it. They're saying you watched it. You know, if you have yeah, you one of okay. the hundred million people, then you're probably part of that group. So what's, what went wrong there? You know? So what went wrong with people not wanting to watch it or not liking it? Why or? isn't it a sensation? Like, oh. like, like Tiger King, like Bird Box, like uh, all the previous Netflix phenomenons. Um, it, it was positioned to be one, but it, it doesn't seem to be happening. Um, I, I think it might be because the material is, yeah. is grim. Uh, but, yeah. uh, my wife walked out of the room and had no interest in it. And she, we sat through Tiger King. We sat through Bird Box. Well, I think I it doesn't say, engage I do anything. Think, but I do think that the Tiger King, you know, fuck a tiger in the ass challenge was really irresponsible on Netflix's <laughs> part. A lot of people got hurt that way. So I think they took that one too far. And maybe this is Fallout from, you know, all those people who got their faces eaten while they were trying to make love to a tiger. But <laughs> maybe. maybe. But no, I think I think you hit it on the head with the fact that it's just grim. I think that th there's no real way to sell uh, grim, not just to Americans, but to the world. I think grim is a subset of movie uh, that will find its audience and people will like it. Um, but it's not... Um, I can't think of the last time a really kind of kind of stone faced movie like that really blew up because John Wick's not that not not that way. It's colorful. It's fun. It's well, John, you know. yeah, that kind of blew up though. But well, that's what I'm saying it, is it, that it blew up because it was fun. But like this is this is also I mean again I think that there's something to this whole. I think it's a little uncomfortable that he's in this country full of brown people. Uh, and he's he's murdering them, right? Yeah. I I think it's slipping into the. I think it took about twenty years after nine eleven, for this to kind of begin to start sinking in for people, right? Or not twenty years? Sorry, was it ten years? Something like that. When did nine eleven? Yeah. yeah, it's twenty years. Twenty years. Um, it took about twenty years, but I think it's finally if started. There, if to only like, there was a if only there was a way to know what date nine eleven happened. <laughs> You know how stupid I am, man. I was thinking for a second, like, was it nine of two thousand and eleven? I was like, wait, no, that's not right. That There's a lot right. of you're right. There's a lot of ones in there. There's I was I was in high school. I was in I was in, in ninth grade. Okay, cool. That was two thousand one. All right. So, anyhow, um, I think it, it took twenty years, but I think that that's about how long. I think if you look at at, at movies like Platoon, those happened about twenty years after the Vietnam War ended about give or take and that's when we started to get kind of a little bit uncomfortable about the whole thing so this movie might be even though it's it's in bangladesh and i'm not trying to say that those are the same as iraqis uh there's something in the subconscious that that finds a similarity to them you know like just that kind of whole black hawk down uh you know right. overhead thinking, overhead view of a of a city with that it's got that same sepia tone to it too i was so, yeah i was thinking about black hawk down too yeah so black hawk down worked because it came out like two three years after the fucking thing well not exactly it came out very soon after 
and that Mogadishu thing happened. And, and it was like Uncut Gems, where it was this crazy, it was a period piece, even though it was just a couple years on. That's right. So every, so everybody was listening to like Faith No More and Drowning Pool yep. in, the, in the fucking, in the barracks. And I'm like, whoa, this feels a, a little bit like history, but also a little bit like what's on in my right. car. Like right. I was confused. Right. I was confused. Well, and I think that, you know, Netflix is was probably banking on it being a kind of crossover hit with like, because they had that one guy who's sort of the star, the the Indian dude who who gets murked at the end there. Um, yeah, and they got the it, guy from Stranger Things, and they got they the got guy the, from yeah. fucking Thor. But I and thought that it would, every... I, but I think they thought it would be like a crossover in like an Indian market, and I just don't, I couldn't see, and maybe this is ignorance on my point, I couldn't see the average Indian person like like what. God, it's gonna sound racist, but I'm just gonna rock with it. Would you want to see oh, like, no. <laughs> like an Indian movie where they go into like an American neighborhood? Doesn't even have to be white, but and just starts like wrecking shop on Americans. You know what I mean? Just like cutting their heads off and shooting them in the face. And I don't know. It might seem a little weird. You know, maybe I would yeah. watch that. But what my point is is that the average person who is, you know, has quote unquote a love for their country and where they're from. I know for a fact that a movie like that would never play in America. Like, are you kidding? Like, think about it if it was the reverse and it was a uh, homie with the slick backed hair who came to, you know, Detroit to save a, a drug runner's son. And then he's just out there fucking, you know, murdering black people. I don't know. Red Dawn was a big hit. And it had, uh, well, that was in the Ru- 80s. And the Russians were invading. Yeah, we didn't. Yeah, no, I see what you're saying. There's, but you see uh, what I'm saying? Like, I see what you're saying. I, my other question would be who would um could you would you need to recommend this movie or would you just jump to recommending like the night comes for us or the raid or you know what i mean yeah, like right exactly if, are those movies do that arguably better i think you know what it might be i think we might just want to admit that we like the big muscular white guy being the center of attention sure yeah and, i mean it's uncomfortable to say but there might be some truth to that yeah Whereas, like, the, the night comf- comes for us had, uh, what, 20 main characters in various yeah. battles? You know? Right. And um, it's not that they're not fit, but they're they're smaller people. And, you know, you, you just want to you just want to see a big meathead, you know, flex and, you know, choke somebody to death. And, you know, except know. the street, except the street urchins. He he, he did the, the one mistake. He he created a, a URM, an unstoppable revenge machine, when he when he yeah. like when he made that street urchin feel bad. Um, that's oh, the one who yes. shot him in the shot him in the neck and man, yeah, he got he got Omard, got Omard. Should we say uh, spoiler? Is that he lives? Then that's him on the side depends. of the pool. Depends on how many of those. Uh, depends on how many of those uh, hundred million actually was. How yeah. many of those stats were true? We'll, we'll, we'll see if Netflix too. was lying or not. If there's a sequel, that's how we'll know. Because if there's no sequel and a hundred million people watched it, then that means they're full of shit. So did you did you notice um, that uh, uh, I can't something I can't think of his name Hemsworth. He's covered in those little pouches. Do you remember yes. the nineties the nineties running gag with the comics? About yeah, with that one guy pouches? with Rob Rob Leefield, Leefield, Leefield or yeah. yeah. He'd have all these hulking dudes and they're tactical, but they had these little tiny pouches on their thighs and their biceps. Yeah. 
didn't you send me the picture where it was just like the guy who's just patches? Or he's, like made every, of, he's made of pouches. <laughs> he's made I of think, tactical I, pouches. I think, yeah. I think Leefield actually drew that guy because he, he yeah. finally he leaned into it. He said, okay, I don't know why I'm covering it with pouches. Like if anybody hasn't seen this, you'll see a, you know, a guy with the, the body armor and the giant gun. And then for some reason around, almost like garters, you have these, this line of little individual pouches that you could, what, carry... Uh, chapstick in i don't know like they're they're tiny and he's right. so, and he's and these guys would be covered in it in them in the 90s and uh i noticed that watching extraction that uh hemsworth's got those pouches all over him it's hilarious like yeah he's got... it's the it's the badass <laughs> it's the badass uh guy's version of a purse he just wears his purse on his he's body got his pouches yeah. it reminds me of uh it's like when um like with wrestlers they put the ribbons on their arms you know yeah mm-hmm. um, when they put those little pouches on it uh, there was my friend Nix was telling me that he was sitting on his porch one day and this guy uh, shirtless came up to him and he was wearing uh, those. He had those, those wrestler ribbons on both of his arms, just these colorful <laughs> ribbons. And uh, Nick's like, hey, bro, what's up? And he's like, man, you know, I just I'm just all wound up. I want to I want to fight. You know, I want to fight for my family or my neighborhood or my street. Wow. And, and, and Nick's like, OK, I hope we have a reason to, you know to set you loose <laughs> dude that's went. that guy that's that guy he came back he got meaner <laughs> that guy has been doing meth for 15 years and and now look where he is um he was, we used to do a great imitation of that it's just like i want to fight for my neighborhood my street i don't care <laughs> just like strutting back and forth in your lawn um, yeah but yeah um the pouches oh, are fun. I shouldn't make fun of the pouches. Yeah. I have some pouches. I actually got some of those little pouches from my bug out bag. We're not one, going back to the bag, dude. We're not. I'm not going to talk about the, the bag. whole bag. I just want to say that my compass came with one of those little pouches. Do you remember that guy when I complained yeah. about the the compass and he sent me the message in Chinese that said "die bitch" when yeah. I asked for a new one? I do. I don't know if I told you. Plot twist: another compass showed up and it showed up in a cool little tactical pouch. So I've got that like two dope. little pouches. I need like five more pouches and I can make one. And I could put it like right around my thigh. That yeah. actually would be pretty dope. It would be pretty cool to have a compass on your bicep and you could just like <laughs> take it out. Be like, you know what? That that would be cool. And also like a communicator on your watch so you can hold your wrist up to your mouth and like say stuff into it, even if it's just Amy calling you. So you could be walking down the street like talking into your fist. I don't I know why do that never caught on, you know? Talking yeah, into your fist. The, the Apple Watch just looks so silly that it couldn't catch on, but if it looked like a badass, you know, it's not a good, it's not a good looking watch. I know Rob Mm -hmm. Olson claims to listen to our show. Rob, you know, I don't know about that watch. Why is it square? It looks the Apple um, watch. Oh, Rob's got an Apple watch is what you're saying. Okay. I'm guessing he does. I shouldn't jump to conclusions. (laughs) I'm guessing he has one, but they look like I had a little, I had a little game watch back when I was in, uh, in like junior high and you could play a little space invaders type game with it. Yeah, and it looked just like it. You know, it was square. It kind of looked like a tiny little bathtub. I don't know if it's why not make them round. Or Apple, pro, I guess it's supposed to look like a little computer. Anyway, I guess off so. On, I, off on a tangent. Is it waterproof? I think so. Yeah, I think it's waterproof. It is. It is I think so. I want to say yeah. That's um, a big if. I I, I, if I think so. They're I very expensive. Back. They're very expensive. So I would have well, to assume com- they have to be. My computer is expensive, and I, it's not waterproof. Yeah, but you can't wear your computer on your wrist. Actually. You could really. You could. Speaking speaking of the waterproof, there's one gripe I had about your well, a few gripes I had about your movie. But at the end, uh, the the kid is saved and he jumps off the high dive, and Mm -hmm. 
hits the bottom of the pool and he sits there a long time, you mm-hmm. can't do that. That's impossible. You cannot sit on the bottom of a pool unless you flail your arms around to try to keep yourself down. You can't do it. It can't be done. I've tried to do it. I've swam a lot this year, and I tried to sit on the bottom of the pool and brood, and you can't do it. You just look like you're drowning. Right. Um, Well, you'd have to get all the air out of your lungs first so you you wouldn't float up. So it'd be really hard to do. And And there's still some effort to keep you down there. Um, you would, yeah, you and that would, that would cut your brooding time in half. It's, it's hard to, it's the, hard to brood when you're out of air, you know, I feel like it's, exactly. you, have to, you have to be super, you have to be super Zen to be, but then if you're Zen, you don't need to brood. brood. Exactly. So I agree. And then when it's it comes up and the graduate, you remember the graduate when he, he comes out in the scuba suit and they're like, Ben, say something to everybody, Ben. And he, in the gra- and uh, Dustin Hoffman jumps in the deep end of the pool and everybody wants him to come up and join the party and he just sits at the bottom in his scuba suit, camera pans back, they play some Simon and Garfunkel. The thing is that, that he was famously holding weights behind his back in oh, that scene. Okay. And like Lost in Translation, or not Lost in Translation, uh, Rushmore, um, Bill Murray does the same thing, goes to mm-hmm. the bottom of the pool to chill out because he doesn't want to join the party. It's like a thing. To sit at the bottom of the pool and not want to join the human race is right. a trope. It's a trope, but it's not real because you can't do it. You can't sit down there. Anyway. Well, you just said it yourself. You can do it if you had some weights. So. Or, yeah, but that's yeah, but that's not. You're gonna plan on it. You're gonna. I'm gonna go out and bro, brood. Bro, I carry a couple of thirty-pound weights with me everywhere. Everywhere I go, just in case. It's in case you want to fight for your street, you want to fight for your neighborhood. <laughs> That's right. But I recall uh, moving on from the movies. Let's do a little Facebook corner. Let's do a little oh, Facebook geez. corner. Oh, here we go. Boop, 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 sucker. Facebook music. Facebook corner. Facebook. Who's been on Facebook? Facebook corner. I want to post. Yeah, Facebook corner. I hate it the most. Um, we'll come up with a good one, dude. I'll write. I'll, I'll write us a hit song. So you had some. some uh, you had some gripes about the old. I've FB. got a lot of gripes. I've got. I, can I start with the minor gripes and work my way up? Sure. I'm. I'm really down on joke thieves again. I go through this phase yeah, constantly. Yeah. People stealing people's jokes, and then somebody will post a joke, and then they'll get like zero likes or zero retweets or whatever, and mm-hmm. then somebody will share it about a year or two later. And then they get like 20,000 people saying, you are so funny. And then somebody right. somebody named Dave will call them out on it and say, joke thief. And then somebody, the, the original somebody will say, parallel thinking, asshole, leave me alone. Here's the thing. There, this is the latest ones I saw. Um, and it's funny. It's funny. I agree. But it's not, it's not a recent joke. Okay. Somebody said, uh, and they put that kind of internet uh, stink on it where it's like, um, people aren't ready to talk about the fact that Snickers has a dick vein. Okay. Wait, it's fun. It's, wait, it's no, I missed, I, that, I Snick- completely missed that. Okay. A Snickers bar, you know, it has that, it has a dick vein on it. I mean, that's, it's, it's a pretty interesting oh, observation. That is funny. Yeah. That it is, is funny. funny, but it, you know, the idea of saying people aren't ready to talk about is one of those. That's a, that's kind of a meme. So sure. that, that was a viral thing where I kept seeing people talking about the Snickers dick vein. And I just thought, that's got to be somebody stole that joke. And sure enough, I type it into Twitter, and it was said, like, back in 2009 or something, and some poor bastard who made this observation, probably eating a Snickers, was like, this is like I'm eating a dick. Uh, right. He puts that on 
He puts that on Twitter, not a single like on it. Damn. Um, there's no way, there's no way that that's parallel thinking. Like somebody saw the joke or remembered the joke. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, no, I could see that. And I think that there could be a more sinister thing too, where I think that if you had the time and, and the, and people do because people have this in their head that they're going to make money off of being an internet personality. I think if you were to type into the search bar, if you were to type in Snickers and then you actually type in 2009, there's a way to search for jokes that way to like go back into the archives. And oh, so all you have to do, that. all you have to do is find one of these jokes. You're like, Hey, that's genius. And nobody saw it. And then you double check online to make sure that it hasn't been said over and over again. Boom. You have content. I, if that sounds like a, a crazy conspiracy theory, I mean, people have plenty of time on their hands in general. Like it's not that hard to believe. There's just so many that I saw recently. It was all this week and, it might be because they're increasing exponentially with everybody stuck at home and really needing that, you know, reassurance that they're, dopamine uh, that they're yeah that they're adorable or funny. The other one was somebody uh, somebody put up uh, Tony the Tiger under Truth Serum saying they're terrible. No, I've thought, heard this one before. I've heard that. It, yeah, I've heard I it heard as it. Uh, I've heard this one as they're okay. They're, they're just okay. okay. Yeah, and I had heard that one too. And um, again, this was somebody who was 100% pretending like it just occurred to him. It wasn't quite the, you know what I just realized? But you see a lot of those, too. That's the way people kind of put their stamp on a joke. Yeah, you sent, one, you sent one to me that somebody, this post was like, you know what I was just thinking about that was crazy? And then it's literally was, was something that was on a podcast that everybody listens to. Yes, um, yeah. Like, like all the time. And this is the same person who... I'm not saying they ripped us off. All I'm saying is that our last podcast came out on the 23rd at a certain time, and they posted like five hours later something that's from the pod, right? Some, and some it's talking at, points. Bro, Somebody's a big fan. At that point, dog, at that point, just give us a little shout. Just give, just tell people like, hey, if you like that little juicy morsel, they do this shit all the time over on Almost Good. And we, you know, we do it for about 100 people every two weeks. And I personally, I would love to do this for... 10,000 people. I think that would be great. But Dave and I can't do that if you decide to tell nobody about our show right. and instead and then... just decide to, to fucking <laughs> pillage all the best bits and pretend like they're No your own. shit. Come on, man. Come on, shit, dog. Man. No shit. I thought that was funny myself. I, yeah. I'm, I was thinking, man, somebody, somebody's really on the ball. Like somebody's got to... And it was, something the, the that, it was something that we... It was something that we exactly said. And it was so... You know, we say a lot of weird idiosyncratic like shit on this show, and it was so just like, it, yeah. it was it was one of your thoughts, right? It was a Dave thought that, and it was one of those like, you know, yeah. what just occurred to me, and and the, oh, when they say that, they, it's they, one of those things where you want to scream into a fucking pillow or something, where it's like, you didn't, you just thought of it because you were listening to a podcast. I don't know if you know the difference between yeah, thoughts just, that you have and things it, that you hear. Why is it so painful for people to say? I just heard this this interesting thing. Why do you have to claim it? Why do you have to remove the watermark? You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Why can't you just? Uh, anyway, it's, so that's it's one hard of the to minor do. It's, things. It's it's you know I get a lot of the things that I think uh, from like four or five different places, and it gets repetitive. But I I try to bring those up every single time. I'm like, hey, I heard this on this podcast, or hey, I heard this on this podcast, or whatever, yeah. you know. Um, but like. I mean, 
especially some of the folks we're talking about, they're not having original thoughts. Right. And some of the then shit, it makes like, me wonder, it makes me wonder, do they think that they thought of it? Do, is that how their brain works? Because I've been dude, in, I've to, been in, I've been in speaking cir- like circles, talking to people where I've said something. They tell it they, back to you. They, they tell, tell it back, back to you. you. Yes. Yeah. I've had that happen. They used to happen it, to me a lot. People and tell it's a like, story. That's Someone, what I just said. A whole story that you told them. Right. Well, there yeah. was one, another one was, um, and th- again, these things are so specific that I just don't feel like it could be an accident. Uh, I was talking about the the movie Ford versus Ferrari. Have you seen this? Um, uh, no, I'm not a big car guy. Yeah, it's not it's not great, but it you know it, it, it touched that kind of dad bone. Okay. <laughs> when I was watching it, that's gross. You know, but okay, <laughs> go watch that crazing dog. Go watch that crazing. It's only gross out loud. <laughs> so you know it's it's like. Uh, you know, people making cars and, you know, the, sure. the, uh, the Italians versus the American car. And there's the, the Le Mans race at the end. But anyway, when the movie ends, they finally, there's a, a victory. You know, uh-huh. Ford beats Ferrari in a, in a way. And um, the, it's about the relationship between Matt Damon and, um, who's the other fucking guy? Uh, Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. And uh, so then the movie ends at a lot. It feels like it's over. Right. It feels like we've reached a logical conclusion. Mm-hmm. And um, then it goes on to have an extra scene where Christian Bale goes on to test drive some other cars and then dies in front of his son in a flaming wreck out in a field. Jesus. And then the, and then the uh, Matt Damon goes to say sorry to her, to his wife. And then they kind of have a, like a, uh, well, that was crazy. That happened. Then the credits roll. And I thought, man, exactly. I thought, what a way to send those grandpas home depressed. And sure. so I, so on, on Twitter, I said, Ford versus Ferrari was okay, but it was like if someone filmed the epilogue, like the pre-credit te- text, like mm-hmm. no one should ever film the pre-credit text. Like imagine mm-hmm. the movie ends and then the pre-credit text is, uh, Christian Bale went on to crash a car in a field and died. Yeah. Uh, right. and, th- and that makes sense because you don't have to experience it because the beats right. are off. If you ever film those epilogues, the beats are off. Anyway, I said, Ford versus Ferrari, don't ever film the epilogue. Just put it on the screen. And uh, somebody said the exact same thing. Like, I don't know, two Is days later. You know? No. No. So, and I'm thinking, there's no way that occurred to you. Like it's it's almost exact wording that I just said, and so what? It, how does that even happen? Does somebody just see something and think, "Man, I wish I would have thought of that." Um, maybe I can get some sort of uh, points from strangers for having this thought about the the least essential movie of the year. You know right. what I mean? Right. Why? Right. Why? Well, it's somebody... because we're all everybody's just competing for scraps at this point, and I think that there are people who want to be perceived as thinkers and have that be sort of like their brand. And they're the one who's always like thinking they're Chuck Klosterman, right? They're just coming up with stuff. And the problem with that is that you, if, if you have a smart podcast, like we do, you attract a, a group of smart people. And, um, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I think that this has happened with not just my books, but many, many books that I've seen, uh, especially ones that go through broken river, I've kind of like 
seen them years later in like a different iteration on a big press. You know what I mean? Like somebody yeah, just you're basically like the, you're like the hockey you're like the the hockey farm club. The... Yeah, and I'll just I'll see movies and I'll see stuff where I'm like, you know, that's the, I'm not even the, to the point now where I'm going to excuse it as being quote unquote paranoid because it's such an incestuous little pool that. And I know for a fact that there are people right now who are fucking successful Hollywood types that I know have read my friend's books. Sometimes not even mine, but like my friend's books. And I, I, I knowing what I know about that, I, I see, I see little again, bits in there. And again, yeah, and, and on and extending the thought from earlier is so hard just to say, hey, this thing's cool, and it gave me a cool idea. You know, would it? The, especially when somebody could deserves the the credit for the idea is it so hard just to when you've already won when you've already turned your mediocrity into success could you just throw a bone to where the shit came from the shit is the thing so- is dude dave as that people are are scared honestly i think a lot of people see dudes like us and they're like oh these motherfuckers would just start chomping up all the jobs you know what i mean like we're, we're fast we we're thinkers um and we're easy to work with and we're easy to work with. We're it's nice true. guys. We're fun. It's we're, true. We're, we're, a, we're a lot of fun. Um, it's true. I would, when I, I would love when to I be. Edit. I would love to be hired. You know what? You know what we're both we both miss though is we miss that we miss that step where you have to. Um, I'm going to use a Chapo Trap House uh, ism here, where you have to like bend the knee properly. We just we both we're both missing that little ass yeah, kissing yeah, you machine. Have to spend about, you know what I mean? I, I, I put the years in. But I didn't put the years in pretending bad shit was good. That's and I, that's and I the kind of that it. is the, that's the lake of fire that we would have to cross, I think, to really get over there. I, I it, we did it as a social experiment. It might be kind of funny actually to just say everything that's popular, even if we think it's bad, just praise it to the heavens and see what it does for us. You know? Yeah. As I mean, an experiment. Like I, I told you, dude. That I think I, think I told you this that. No, I could talk about the most controversial thing on my Facebook feed, but mm-hmm. if I say that the when when the fix is in on a particular movie or book or anything, mm-hmm. and I shred it, mm-hmm. uh, I get unfriended so fucking fast by these fucking yeah. tastemakers. They they oh, can't. Yeah. Even, they're so mad that I'm like not doing what I'm supposed to be doing, which is bringing well. This, that's like, okay. The, Great, t- yeah. the high tide raises all ships or whatever. Right. Like they can't. Can't you just say something? I can just almost hear it. Can't Bro, you just say something nice about these this people? Thing? These people, they they get. You said it. They get so mad when you don't say the right thing. So, they get so which leads us to our second so, issue. Which leads us to our second issue. Okay. Is, let's say they unfriend somebody. They're so mad about it. Let's say they unfollow them or block them on Twitter, uh, yeah. and then they tell and then they tell you to do it. What's your move? Oh, I know exactly because there's what a you're one, talking there's about. Only one, there's only one correct move, and I've never been able to do it, and I can't... First, I couldn't understand that anyone was able to do it. Then sure. I started to say, okay, maybe that's a different way of thinking. When somebody tells you to do that, and you do it... Because at first, I think it was an unpopular move. I remember uh, making a joke about it where I said, when somebody tells me to unfriend somebody for being an asshole, I unfriend them. And then I also unfriend the person who told me to do it because yeah. I don't, because who likes a narc? And I remember right. people thought that was funny. That was, that was like seven years ago before, you know, things changed. Now it's yeah. not funny uh, anymore. Yeah. Now yeah, it's like, changed. now it's like, well, why do you want this person in your life? And I just want to scream. That's not life. 
It's not life, but yeah, it's it's not, it's not real life. And the thing is, um, they're, they are not in my, it's one of those, it is a slightly contrarian, but it's one of those things where it's like, Hey motherfucker, you're not going to tell me what to do. I know. This is, this is, this is, why doesn't that occur to someone? Why don't, why aren't people, why don't you understand that you can't do that? You, that you have to have some sort of understanding that people shouldn't work that way, that you can't tell them to do things like that. Right. That, but I think it's generally. But then I was shocked to see, I was shocked to see people just doing it. There's like, okay. Oh, but you know, and, that, but they, and I but was on smart, the wrong side like, of it again. Yeah. I keep every no, so often they, I'm on the wrong side of it. So and here's I just, what I would say again, playing it, playing it smart. I probably would have just offed it because at this point, like I, it's not worth it to me. Like, especially if I don't know the person, I would just have probably been like, okay, which is probably what the people who did it were thinking as well. Like, this is not, this is a person who is not worth keeping around and like getting in but i agree with you that the impulse the initial impulse to get like to go and find out who's friends with this person and, and put them on public blast and then tag public blast is it's mind-boggling and we shouldn't maybe, do we, maybe we shouldn't be as coy with it there, there was a, a writer had some sort of meltdown yeah. and it was fucking embarrassing to watch And offense, the person was posting offensive things and immediately a bunch of writers started saying, uh, I have mutual friends and here they are. And you should should probably look to see who you're friends with because you don't want to be friends with this person. And I immediately thought, oh, my fucking God. So I just put something up generic saying, you know, if you I don't even know what it was, but it was essentially just you said shut up. You said shut up with a lot of (laughs) use. Yeah, I saw that. Shut up. Because and here's the thing. Like I was talking to some. Yeah. Well, I was just saying that if I if I unfriended everyone who said the offensive thing, then my entire feed would be nothing but people telling me to make sure I offended the person who said the offensive thing. And that yeah. means I can't read the offensive thing and I want to fucking read it. And if it's on the yeah. wall, the wall is not a real wall. It's, I know it's called a wall. I know mm-hmm. it feels like a community wall. It's not mm-hmm. a real wall. Sure. Like my wall, my I don't have those offensive things on my wall. People, yeah. if it's the same. Like, do you gonna unfriend the news? Are you gonna unfriend? Uh, like, just because at some point I clicked a button to see what this person was saying about things doesn't mean anything. I know you want right. to because it because Facebook suckered you by calling it a friend, and you're too fucking stupid to know that that's not really a friend. Just like you don't really love that thing, you don't really like that thing. Those aren't real things. Yeah. So when that's not really a friend of anyone. I am not going to remove the channel for me to see what people are saying that is offensive. I want to see all that shit. I don't want to miss any of that shit. That's a really good point, man. That's a really good point. The fact that somebody doesn't want to see it all is exactly why they're in a fucking bubble. And that's why we have fucking Trump in the White House. And it's it's not a long journey. It's not such a long journey from one to the other. Listen, You want to surround people with pure thoughts and pure ideas. First of all, they don't fucking exist. Second of all, you have to reach out to the person who seemed relatively normal for a decade and then suddenly had a meltdown because that person is reachable and that person is what can change the fucking country. But these, right. these people are too pure. They can't. Nope, they got to be gone because I got to suck so much dick on Facebook to be famous. All right, all right. Here we go. Let's, let's, let's pump the brakes here. Let's pump the brakes <laughs> because I, I think you're making a really good point, but you're getting a little heated. Okay. Uh, okay. So here, so here, here are some things that I think you said that somehow well, I'm that I thought outside, that I thought I'm were standing awesome. outside naked right now. I don't know how I got outside. <laughs> I don't know why I'm naked. What happened? 
What is happening? It's so cold. Got a, got a backwards tattoo across your chest. What the fuck is going on? Um, I, so, but yeah, there are some things that you said that I think are really important. Number one, when somebody says, uh, why are you friends with this person? They're not your friend, right? That's a, that's a ridiculous thing to assert. Yes, the place it's, isn't it's, real. It is, they, it is called have, a friend. And it's not real. We have unprecedented access to psychos on here saying stupid shit. Why should I w- wait for the reports from right. the anointed pure people to tell me what the psychos are saying? Go yeah. Ahead, so ahead. there's, so there's that. And then I, what I want to say, first of all, like I loved your point about this whole thing about like, these are the people who we actually need to start having dialogue with. Um, because I have a sort of rant about that whole thing with what I've been seeing online about, you know, the people who protest in Michigan and stuff like, look at these fucking rednecks. Now, like, those people are goofballs, and a lot of them are richer people who want stores to open up so they can turn a profit. But what we lose in those kind of generalizations is the fact that like, a lot of people who want the economy to open back up actually develop a lot of their self-worth from their ability to have a job and to buy shit, which is kind of a sad thing to say. And I understand the problems with it, but it still stands, right? Like, it's just, it's too broad of a brush. But then I also, I don't want to get too off track here because I want to go back to what you're saying here. It's a dangerous and slippery slope if we start to have, like, anointed people who begin saying, like, this is the person who needs to be exiled from the community today, right? That stuff kind of gives me chills. Now, I will admit that I did not read the um, offending post in question, so it could have been some real heinous shit, but I'm I'm going to go ahead and stand by my ignorance anyway because it's just it's a bad scene to start to be a part of. We have like also a little embarrassing, right? Like it was. Do you, a, do you think that you like a... I mean we know that Stephen King is now like petty because he has eight hundred million dollars and has nothing better to do, but like most people who are out there, you know, trying to make it as an as an artist, do they have time? to get into like a mean girls exile well, they want, on they, Facebook? They, they feel it slipping away, dude, because like yeah. I've noticed, speaking of Stephen King, uh, you know, we talked about before that there's very, there's only a few people at the top that are holding it all together. Like the Stephen King prophets are what makes room for the mid list, which makes room for some scraps to flutter down to some other writers. So that's why you saw this last couple of weeks. Did you notice just mysteriously, everybody's sharing their top 10 Stephen King books. That's because Stephen King is in, is in trouble like everyone else right now. Nobody's buying anything. Nobody's mm-hmm. buying shit. So everybody's, right. everybody's sweating a little bit. So they want to make sure that like they're, you can't get them into the bookstore. So the, the internet and social media has, has gotten a lot more important. Like it's important that you, your brand is very, it seems like it's gotten very important. There's a lot of, a lot of fucking authors on there saying, Hey, just checking in. What are you guys up to today? Not, mm-hmm. and then never mm-hmm. coming back to comment on anything. I just saw one today that was like, hey, I'm really into progressive rock. Can you recommend some bands? That person will never come back. will never look at that post. Yeah, Chuck um, Wendig did it recently with something. He fucking does. Uh, he fucking does it every day. And yeah, Always and he got like the, 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 the 1,500 likes. It's it's really kind of sad to see the mouse come back to the Coke over and over again. You know, just like, <laughs> hey, guys, uh, anybody have any favorite uh, horror movies that also That's feature big, tits? Yeah. Like, if, when I have that shit happen. If I had 100 comments, I comment on those 100 comments or I engage with them because I can't you can't give people the high hat, man. You can't yeah. say how you doing and then peace out and be like, yeah, I just threw some fucking 
threw some dimes in the gutter for him to grab, you know, here's yeah. some, here's some keeping here's, the, keeping the engagement up. Yeah. You know, you can't, you can't fucking do that. But, um, anyway, it, I think that the, the, the guy said some embarrassing shit. The guy is also in his seventies. He also said a lot of things that are very on brand for a 70 year old Vietnam veteran. All right. Mm-hmm. A 70 year old mm-hmm. Vietnam veteran is going to say a lot of shit. That's pretty offensive. And when oh, you... now I remember you said you, you told me this thing and I, I think I agree in principle that relating the COVID deaths to the Vietnam War, I find to be a disgusting thing to do. And now imagine, um, but the, doing, it, now imagine guy, doing it to a Vietnam veteran. It's yeah, and then, bad, so the, it's a yeah, bad rhetorical move. It's a bad look. And look, it's like, I saw the people really gross. I saw the people involved in it, and, you know, a lot of my friends were in there, and, you know, I don't have very many friends left, so I love all of them. Um, but just being real, like it's, it wasn't fascinating when these guys have these, when these guys have these meltdowns to me, it wasn't, everybody looked terrible when somebody keeps it together for decades and then has this meltdown. Why aren't you fucking fascinated by, you should be dissecting that like the Zapruder film, because that's where the answer, that's where the answer is. Why did you, how did you lose that one? Because you, yeah. you guys were all buddies with him up until now. And then sure. when I, pe- I see people saying, oh, these, he was always a shitty writer. You better be a better fucking writer than this guy. Dude, you, say you that. know what and, I would and love to do? I want to go back to the archives and I want to see people. I know, I remember when this guy's book came out and people in the crime community were fucking eating it up. Dude, and I he was he was at about he was at about he was at a voucher con and like we were he was at a table with I was there with a few other people and he didn't say a whole lot but you know I mean he was chatting it up with everybody all smiles whatever so it's like okay so here's the thing if he was always a shitty writer anyway I watched all you motherfuckers lie to that guy's face and yeah, smile dude, got, in front of him dude, you know I what the I mean fucking receipts I got the receipts and the only reason I'm not saying his name on this is because it would have the opposite effect which means that people would pile on him some more that he should, you know he came out as a as a Trump fan and he came out as a is a you know pissed off at whatever he perceived as some sort of uh, you know liberal whitewashing sure. of the world that kind of shit is you know sure. I, of course totally disagree with it but sure. I don't want to. I don't want people to point their fucking guns at it anymore because it's like the dude is. Anyway, no. I'm interested in what is he, I'm interested in what he's saying because long ago people who agree with me have started to bore the shit out of me. All right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and then I start to see a combination of. We talked about this before. There's perfect politics, shitty person. I didn't really know they existed until I came to California. And I realized, mm-hmm. man, this person's mm-hmm. qualities are terrible on every level. And they just mysteriously, but also agree with me on all these political points. I can't, right, right. I can't come to terms with it. But now yeah. I'm seeing something that's a little different, which is like perfect politics, shitty writer. Hmm. And these are, and these are a whole different breed. They're, okay. They, because they, they somehow have, they, they've threaded the needle where they're just the same way that the shitty person doesn't isn't perceived as a shitty person because they have perfect politics also right. the perfect politics means that you're sort of perceived as a as a better writer than you are and i'm just i just see a fucking flood of mediocrity who happen yep. to agree with me politically and i'm not saying that somewhere the the answer is on the other side where these you know right. these fucking trump cycles there's no answer over there but there's certainly not it's certainly not as binary as people are making it out to be and when people do for the sake of, you know, being on the right side of a fucking Facebook argument, mm-hmm. I'm embarrassed. It's fucking embarrassing. They yeah. make good points. 
But when you get excited about purging someone for being a dumbass or purging some some fucking person for being offensive or turns out, well, they're racist. Um, I just I, I see that happening. I'm like, I just want to hit the deck. You know, like, is this really happening again? Yeah. Is, is somebody really going to make the point of going through the whole dance, the whole fucking dance of here's everybody who's friends with them and let's share some screenshots and let's make sure that they're gone and let's make sure that we've removed them from our lives and now let's go back and retroactively claim that we've never liked them. How many times can uh-huh. they do that? A bunch. Oh, a bunch. <laughs> they do it every week. It's a bunch. It's a bunch. And it's it's one of those things where, you know, I mean, I glanced at it. This, you know, talking to you here is probably the most thought I've given to it recently. But again, it's with all this like, kind of shit going on in the world and the kind of constant current of fear that's being injected into our ball sacks every day. It's like, I, well, how do you have time to, to do this? Right. Like, I, I don't have time. The time flew by today and I don't even have a fucking job. You know, after doing chores and exercising and well, this has you know reading and shit That's like that, and it's like, dude, yeah, this is this has become their fucking job. Yeah. Um, I don't want to. Uh, Maybe be, I mean, whipping yeah. a dead whipping a dead horse here, but yeah. A last last thing I want to say about it. Last thing I want to say is that there also seems to be at the end of it when I when I don't jump when they say jump when they say mm-hmm. you got to unfriend this this oh, fucking person. Crazy. And I'm just like, I, first of all, how do you know I saw what you're talking about? Now i got to go look for it. Now I've got to read it. Now I've got to make a decision. Like, get off my fucking ass with your assigning me this task. Don't tag me in this shit. So, mm-hmm. you know, if I wanted a job at Facebook, I already had one. You know what I mean? Right, so, right. That, so it's bad enough that they make me have to be part of that drama for a second. And then to, to have the fucking ego to think that I know what this thing is you're talking about. Like, you're not on my fucking radar with this shit until you start tagging people and until I can't avoid it anymore. So when I see it, and then and then when I avoid it, I get this, this there's a hint of, well, I guess uh, I guess you're one of those people that doesn't see race. You know, that that. Dig, I think you said it perfectly at the beginning. I think you said it perfectly at the beginning where it's like, hey, it's not my real friend, dude. I don't know what else not, to tell you. It's, it's not, not a friend. Not, not my real that, friend. But when, but when people insinuate that I'm somehow not, like, woke enough or I'm somehow you know, uh, uh, harboring racists. Like, mm-hmm. I bet them a million fucking dollars, dude. I, I bet them a million fucking Facebook friends, which is, of course, what they value, that I've done more damage mentally and physically to an act to actual racists in this world than all these, like, digital cosplaying, I punch Nazis with you, bro, this fucking circle jerk, fake shit. Like, mm-hmm. that's the catch, you know, is that I exist out here. I don't right. exist in there. I don't exist in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, that's real. That's not me. That's why I'm up there putting up fucking jokes about Jaws every day because I don't exist there. It's yeah. not real, right? Because yeah, because there's this weird. Real, I could I could spend every minute of my, every waking day trying to cram myself into there, and I tried it once. It didn't work. So that's mm-hmm. why it's I can't I I can't man. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. It's just we're not just we're just not digital people, and I think that. Uh, I think the big takeaway from this is that everybody should fucking take a deep breath and realize that none of this is fucking real. None of it's like nothing online. I actually tweeted that today um, because I had kind of seen, um, I had basically been looking at this sort of like uh, left, far left kind of um, socialist character, uh, like one of his, his, his Twitter feed. And I was reading about, you know, something about coronavirus or whatever. And he reposted something um, where he was, and it was about what he was essentially saying with the post 
in a snarky way was like, you know, that everybody is pretty much terrified of coronavirus and that, you know, and it was just seeing him and his friends kind of all like pat each other on the back for kind of regurgitating this Rachel Maddow talking point. I was just like, it's just not true, right? No matter how you feel about the actual thing, it's not reality. And something that I do, I do this actually, I can do it under the guise of research, but I spend a lot of time uh, hunting down uh, Nazi accounts on Twitter. Uh, And I'll spend quite a significant amount of time reading them too. And it's very interesting when you, because they all have like their little in-group jokes and their own memes and like their own like characters who are who are mm-hmm. kind of popular and uh it's like the writing community just a little microcosm it's just that the difference is instead of writing things they they hate anybody who isn't a white christian right um mm-hmm. so basically what i'm trying to say is that you know when i'm looking at this left-wing guy and he's talking about like oh yeah re- like anybody would really you know not believe the the fauci facts and then I go over to the right and they're like, you know, Bill Gates sucks virgin blood. And also, you know, <laughs> if you notice the skull size of black people are different than the skull Whoa. size of white people. Ugly, right? Like it's really gross stuff. But like you, what you have, the point I'm trying to make is what you end up having is these two completely hermetic worlds that never touch each other. Right. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm doing kind of an extreme thing because on the one hand you have, you know, these lefties who are, you know, kind of the kind of like Stalin did nothing wrong type guys. And then on the other hand, you have like, you know, the, the Hitler did nothing wrong type guys. Um, and I'm not saying that like it's our job to sacrifice our time or our mental health to go in there and save them or change them, but to realize that there are people inside of these groups that are changeable. Well, that's and, a, that's what that's what people don't understand, dude. That's a really good point. Is that the people that are having this, this the, the battle, the people that are visibly battling it out in social media, the people that are insisting that you toe those lines, don't influence anything. Like, um, yeah, right. uh, Amy was showing me the statistics from uh, the, the group standing up for racial justice. Surge was mm-hmm. talking about the that the percentages of people that can be convinced that can be persuaded like the i actually teach argument i teach how to persuade and to persuade people is only possible with the kind of person like that that guy who had that fucking meltdown after a decade he's within reach it's you know who's not within reach the person who tried to shame him and it's tough it's tough and it's and it's ugly you know it's like people don't want to admit it they're like they want it out of their lives they don't right. want it on. They don't want it on their wall, right? And that's yeah. why they're. You just said they're. It's sealed in these bubbles, and they can't be reached, and they can't persuade either. They they can't be reached, and they can't reach anyone else. Yeah. So the you have to get fucking dirty, man. You got to get mm-hmm. dirty. The same way I said this earlier, when the uh, the first thing they'll tell you when you talk to people that actually know about racial justice in the United States is, you know, uh, the first step is for white people to admit that they have this way, this inherent racism, this inherent privilege. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the people that are stuck in the bubble, once they finally get that out of them, then they're like, well, now you're banished. Now you're banished because you admitted that. But they don't, right. they don't even have the sophistication to understand that that's the first step is that you've mm-hmm. got the, you finally got them. You've got them on the ropes. They've acknowledged that. And then you can go deeper with that. You can go deeper because that's oh, the I see goal, what you're saying. Right? Yeah. We yeah. all can, once you get them all to admit that, that, that isn't the time for banishment. 
That is the yeah. time to per- to start to persuade because you hold it out of them. You've got past the people that are just like, I don't want nothing to do with that shit because I'm, I'm perfect. They both, both of those sides think they're perfect. And that yeah. means that they can't, and you know, they can't reach. And they other. have, they have othered so hard, you know, the other side is so like, yeah. So, so just in case, you know, it's like so thinking about like the idea of the racist in general is, it's such a impossible mental thing to break. You know what I mean? Where like, it becomes this thing where, you know, controversial idea here, but it's like there's no there's no person underneath there. And a and lot you, of people, and that, and a you lot of people them, would say there's not. A lot of people would say yeah, there's and you send them, And you send them off to that, to that fucking, to the fucking hinterland when you, when you banish them, when you say, you know, because then you can't, you're like, I don't want to reach this person. I can't convince this person. And then and they're, they're, they're going to have a bunch got, of, they're, they're going to have a bunch of rage and a bunch of time on their hands and they're going to start yeah, building and bombs what, and shit. Yeah, that's why we got this fucking, right now, the, the real world, the fake world is taking over because we're stuck inside with the fake world. We can't go out and engage anything. That's right. So yeah. so more and more we're stuck on the, the computer and it becomes so important to be perfect. And the, yeah. the, people, that are, yeah. the people that are perfect, the people that are sucking up all the, this digital energy aren't doing anything. They're doing nothing. Right. They, and, they, and they're not really going to affect this election. They're not going to affect it. The people to, that affect the election are the ones that every so often say some shit you don't like, and it's ugly. But you got to get in there, man. Mm-hmm. You got to get in there and fucking stir that pot. Yeah. You don't. You don't have to like you know anybody who's like trying to make the fourth Reich happen. Like if no, you want to write those not, people yeah, off. That's fine. About, yeah. But there's again, there's a bunch of these people. Anything, those people. There's like the, there's like the next. There's kind of the next layer down. The next bubble out, right? Which is right. Like let's say people uh, who maybe follow those people because every once in a while they do something that they think is funny or wacky or, or you know crazy, and but for the most part they just like to fish. And, yeah, the you know, diehard, the dry, you know. diehard Trump people were the guy who shot the guy, the security guard in the face because he right. said to wear wear a mask yesterday. You can't oh, reach Jesus. them. You can't right. reach those people, so you, you don't even want to try it. And that's what people think that they're engaged with when they have these battles. Right. Those, that's, and if you right. can't tell the difference, if you can't tell the difference, then you know, go off and and you know, post your platitudes on social media and get your fucking likes. You know, and go yeah. home and jerk yeah. off to your fucking likes because you're not doing anything. And I think it's also important to realize too that the guy who shot—I hadn't even heard about that—but Jesus, that's terrible. You know, like the the guy who shoots the security guard in the face, or the guy who. Uh, you know, whoever kind of makes the news as a sort of outlier, people recently have really fucking forgotten. I mean, when I was like a, a young dude in around, again, 9-11, like I felt like everybody was kind of listening to Rage Against the Machine and they knew like the media was lying to you and you shouldn't listen to anything on the news. And that seems to have all gone out the window. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but it's like people just kind of chose which one they wanted to watch. Did they want to watch Fox? Well, that's, and, and they see? chose which one they wanted to believe. I, you know, the worst thing that ever happened was when. But they're all lying, once, dude. But that, that's that's the problem. I, I could always trust Snopes, though. For some reason, now Snopes is it has become the quote fake news. When, yeah. when they started saying that Snopes wasn't true, like that, I, I knew all was lost. Yeah. I still believe in Snopes, but nobody else does. I I tried to post a Snopes article to one of my crazy cousins and they're like, ha Snopes. Right. I'm like, Whoa, wait, what? Yeah. You, cons- yeah, you consider right. that you think of that as this? No, no. Right. So. Well, I was, I was sending this thing to my dad, uh, this journalist, Whitney Webb, who's in conspiracy land, but she's a good, you know, researcher, and a, essentially a leftist person. Um, but you know, she looks kind of like, um, 
she has bangs and glasses. And I sent this stuff to my dad. It was like a, this amazing research that she did um, on Epstein. And dad just immediately sent something ugly back about how like he wasn't going to watch that just by looking oh, at her. You know what I mean? Like, right, and, right. I mean, my dad is just every everything that we're trash talking on the left. The only reason I know about it so well is because that's my dad on the right where it's like and I've been able to pull some things out of him that we agree with. But there's just like these blocks and it's fucking scary dude because it's like how many people are losing like their jobs and their livelihood and how violent americans are in general when you start these like kind of impenetrable bubbles that you can't get out of that's this people people just have to ask themselves when people want to you know perform their purity they just need to ask themselves like a question do you do you want to persuade or not do you want to persuade do you want to win or do you want to persuade um I still want to persuade mm-hmm. I, and it, it's, I probably wouldn't as, <clears throat> as much if I wouldn't have seen the, what the horrible alternative is, which yep. is the worst thing we've ever seen in office. So I still right. think persuasion is important. I'd love to get that out of the way so I could go back to be, to like thinking of opposition as a lost cause. I'd love to have no, worries you yeah, know what those, I mean? Ob- like, those obama years are fucking sweet dude wasn't fun because we all we, we, we could just was... you could just forget about everything and you could watch like right-wingers lose their goddamn minds and do like anytime you post anything they'd be like yeah well fucking obama is a fucking nigerian which you know the word they really want to say but you know it's like he's this and you would just sit back and just chuckle just like those are the days <laughs> those are the days and then and then they brought in um they, they brought in uh, Mitt Romney, you know, like second time around. And you're just like, oh, good. We got this locked for another four years. <laughs> this is dope. And then uh, and then Trump won. And I think we'd been cruising for about eight years now. After eight years, you reach some pretty, pretty high velocity. Right. And that that was a fucking big orange brick wall that we just like slammed into. And I'm not kidding, dude. Like, I think people I think it like broke a lot of people's brains when he won. Like I think I think yeah, that's when all broken. this kind of mine was broken. The, the next mine morning, was broken like, very very loosely, but I also listened to Joe Rogan at the time, so I had a better grasp on why people had voted for Trump. Uh, because I Rogan had, would I go didn't know on. He was at that point. I um, I remember the next morning I posted, "I hate each and every one of you." And, uh, <laughs> and like uh, two hundred uh, people <laughs> unfriended me on Facebook. Yeah, but that yeah. was the way I felt was that. I, I was I felt somehow I was responsible and I didn't know how you know what I mean and I was sure. it was some, some serious projecting I was just so angry that we had ended up in this place of this this fucking debacle but yeah but anyway so what we're saying is don't throw things at us we're uh, you know we're pretty much it's just after 2016 people went so many different directions after that you know I would I mean? also people... say question question my purity on these topics at your own peril oh yeah i would just like to float that out there especially if you're talking about it in the real world um i would be happy to talk about these things out here in the real world um but anyway but not not um, in there yeah not in there here's one thing i want to talk about real quick let's take just mere seconds i you the movie session nine you familiar with this movie i love session nine dude i am also a big fan it's one of the there was a for a while um a couple people, I forget who was trying to do it, was going to try to start a blue-collar anthology, blue-collar horror, because there's a very distinct 
feel to that movie. Mm-hmm, you mm-hmm, know, mm-hmm. the problem is there's not enough of them. And yeah. we tried to, I remember racking my brain, like, is there another, what are other examples of this blue collar horror? Uh, but anyway, Session Nine is a brilliant blue collar horror film. I think Stir of Echoes is another one. Yeah. Um, and uh, anyway, he made a new movie and it's really bad. And it Uh-oh. gives me no, no joy to say this. It's on sucks. Netflix. It's a new Netflix original. It's uh, mm. called Fractured. And I okay. will say, if anybody wants to watch it, there's a big twist. And it's telegraphed so clearly in the first nine minutes. Maybe I won't even spoil it right now. I'll just say, if anybody wants to take the, the Fractured Challenge, watch, turn it on, and at the nine-minute mark, I'll say ten minutes just so just to be clear, at the 10-minute mark, if you don't know exactly what's going to happen at the end of that hour and a half, um, I would be very, very surprised. Because when I got to the 10-minute mark, I thought, oh, no, is that is that mm-hmm. the twist? And mm-hmm. so I fast-forwarded to the end of it, and it was the fucking twist. Yikes. What's the, which sucks, because if you remember, Session 9 had a big twist, too. Yep, yep. But it, it was a good one. It was a good and one. It was a, yeah. There's, and, there's nobody and, on the other end of that phone. Yeah. And that's diff. That's different than what happens here. Um, I, I so I say I don't know what what I'm actually saying. Am I recommending that people not watch this movie and then report back what they see? I guess that's what I'm doing. But I'd be curious. I'd be curious because a lot of people are saying they like it, and I think that they might be insane. I think they might not. Ex- they might not exist. It might be a session nine twist. Yeah. Um, could, yeah. There we go. There's was nobody a, on the other bummed. end of that phone. I was bummed. I thought it was going to be great. It looks got a good look to it. You know. But yeah, bad stuff. So, well, on that note, Ooh. another one in the can. Yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I feel like I kind of uh, I, I feel like that guy who was uh, who was accosting people in the street today. On the other, yeah, yeah. Well, that's okay, man. It's it's, it's, it's fine to do that. It's this is a safe space for opinions, <laughs> and I always and I think I should I should do this more often. Uh, in podcast form, because I think when people hear our sweet voices, they realize that we're not uh, monsters. But there, again, not to refire the whole conversation up because I got to bounce. But you know, it's I'm one of those things up, where, like, power back up. <laughs> it's, one where, it's one of those things like where they, uh, <laughs> when they, when they see something online. See, my whole thing about people who got upset with me about the coronavirus stuff. I was an idiot and I didn't realize that it had already been that, that strongly politicized. I didn't realize it was already a right and a left thing, whether you believed in that. So my confusion with a lot of that stuff was based on the fact that people were yelling at me and I was like, damn, they're yelling at me like I'm a Trump voter or something. Like they're using the same, the same words here. I'm like, this is kind of crazy. Like I'm not a Trump guy. This is really and then I suddenly realized I was like, Oh, this is completely polarized. And, and, what happens when you're online, when you're in there, so to speak, like words are like little symbols that you wear on your chest, you know, and yeah. those those words become uh, indicators that you're a part of a certain team. So it gets really tricky because you can't use those words because people who are reading it in there hear those words Oh, or they read those words differently. And the, on and, the fucking, side yeah, and, the, and the Ghostbusters phone lights up and she's like, we yeah, got yeah. one, we got yeah, one. Yeah, right. And I just like, <laughs> one thing that I was like, I'll end on this too, is that, you know, one thing that I did notice about kind of the discourse about this whole thing is that there, 
are this weird subset of people on the left who I'm now kind of convinced like they want the coronavirus to be terrible and for lots of people to die. Because I was noticing like there's an article that came out a few days ago where it's Anthony Fauci, who's supposed to be the one that we all listen to, right? And he, he says this thing like, you know, hey, we've seen some really good trials with this drug called remdesivir. It's like, so I'm, I'm allowing, or the FDA is going to fast track it and hospitals can use it. If it looks like it's a dire situation, they can use remdesivir. And they were like, people in the comments of that article were like, not going to work, not going to do any good. This is fake. It's not real. So really? there are like, there are like, there are like opposite conspiracy theorists. You see what I'm saying? Like there are people who are like the other way, like where there's the people who say that it's all a hoax, it's not real. There's also the conspiracy theorists who reject any promising information, like, but yeah. angrily, angrily, like this well, there is. There was also they, it might be you never know the pathology of someone who wants to contract it. Do you remember the mm -hmm. bug chasers back bug in the eighties? In the AIDS yeah. era, yeah, yeah I do, real, I do, and I, but I, I, de I definitely believe that there's a kind of uh, like Freudian thing going on where like. They definitely want people on the right wing to get it. There was a lot of disgusting stuff because uh, Georgia logged a thousand cases today because they opened up too soon. Um, and people were like online, like uh, just sipping my tea, whatever. And I'm like, you fucking monster, like you goddamn animal. Like you're happy that there's a thousand people in Georgia who have that, who are probably black people. By the way, black people are more likely to die from this fucking thing than white people. So you're sitting there like in your fucking ivory tower and it, but you're happy, you're happy, right? Because when when the when the virus is really bad and when it does really bad things, you're that's like people, cheering that's like, it on. They're, well, you're, they're online creatures who that that statistic in their mind helps their argument, and so they they're tied to the and it's tied to their worth and it's tied to their. Somebody told joy. me when I was arguing that like they're like I can't wait for it to get to where you are so that you'll finally and I was like, did you just fucking wish coronavirus on my city? You know what I mean? So, so, so that you could win a fucking argument, which you know, fingers <laughs> a crossed. A plague, a plague on both. A, a our plague houses. on you. Yeah. So I, I, don't you, know. Talk to you tomorrow, bro. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yeah. anyhow, all right. Well, don't everybody right, dude, out there gotta... be be safe. You know, uh, make yeah, sure you yeah. wear a fucking mask and you know, and also, um, you know, four more years, Trump. Woo woo. Excited oh, about that. Jesus. Uh, I just play play. I got to get down off the roof. I don't know how I ended up on the roof. I'm <laughs> bare ass naked. I've lost my voice. I don't know what, what you've done. There's a, there's a, there's a, one of your hands has a pistol and it's trembling and a single Ugh. trickle of blood is going down the barrel. Man, you know, I just, I'm just all wound up. I want to, I want to fight. You know, I want to fight for my family or my neighborhood or my street. When this old world starts to get in me, and people are just too much for me to face I'll climb way up to the top of the stairs And all my cares just drift right into space Peaceful as can be And there the world below Don't bother me No, no So when I come 
On a roof.